Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. Don't know why I fucked up my own intro there, but that's okay. We're going to keep rolling with it. Uh, we have got two very wonderful guests today. Uh, we have got none other than the lovely Jess. Hello. And we've got none other than our extra loving, extra squishy, extra cute and cuddly baby boy. My little pun pun is also guesting with us today. So if you hear any incredibly cute noises, that is him. That is not me. Um, if you hear any farting noises, I will not comment. I I believe that will be him, but you never know. You never know. So we're just going to play it uh, by the wind. Anyway, um, to, I try. I try to be funny. Uh, except my sense of humor is like, it's, it's like, I like telling jokes. I think I'm very funny at bits. I don't do jokes. I do bits. I have, you do both. I do. Yeah. You do jokes. That's that's true, but your bits are funnier. Yes, I, I I'm a, I'm a bit style comedian, so to speak. If I had to, like, I wouldn't say like my genre of comedy isn't like a, a one line joke. Like it's no. it's a bit. I'll make you laugh about most things, but I I, I take it to a dark place. Usually, yeah. I take my I take ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah, I take my comedy to some dark places. It's concerning. <laughs> Not Army Hammer dark places, no. um, but like, yes. Um, anyway, um, not for the sensitive cancel culture ears. Oh, Those gosh, no. goddamn no. fucking cancel culture. Anyway, uh, yes, to all you negative reviewers out Actually, I shouldn't say anything because, I mean, everybody gives me positive reviews. Just kidding. Um, but um, I always wonder that. Why give a negative review? When you could just choose to not listen and move on with your life and do something productive. Like, there's nothing to be gained. It's just like, hey, this makes me feel good. Fucking on you right now makes me feel good. Isn't that right? Like, when you when you see negative YouTube comments, and it's like, you know, it's, it's funny because when you talk to people who are, like, accomplished, who are doing things and, and are content creators of any kind, the number one thing, and it's true... What does a YouTube comment, a negative YouTube comment for? It's only for the person writing it. It's like an excuse. It's truly like an excuse. Excuses are only relevant to the person giving them. Mm -hmm. Someone has to write nasty shit on any kind of review form. It's for them. Mm -hmm. Really, it is. It's their little bit of, all right, I'm better now. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Because not for you. Because no. you see that shit and you're like, fuck it. I ain't listening to that. Fuck them. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, and after that, that was our uh, big rant there. Um, our rant of the day. <laughs> that should be a new segment. Your rant of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I should, I should, I should do that. Like, and I should, every guest, I should ask them, hey, do you have a rant? Do you want to be the rant of the day? Uh, do you have a rant today? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Right, though? Doesn't that sound like a fun segment? Now that... But no, but then you're, you're, you're feeding into the thing you want to stop. It. Like... You're creating that then. Like, ranting is always about bad things, shitty things that have happened. But I think if you're... So there you're, you're giving it a door when you don't want people doing it. Ugh. 
<laughs> this is this is why you I know keep you should do the opposite. You should a praise of the day. Yes, a praise of the day. People are more likely to complain. True. And more likely to name drop when they complain. People do like people to do that. People are less likely to give praise and. I remember learning that it's like they're less likely to name, if they are praising something, they're less likely to really identify what or who it was. Right. Like, it doesn't... It's ambiguous. It yes. Rem it, it maintains its ambiguity. Yeah. Right? Like, and you have good reason to support that because you met your best friend by... By... Um, a pr praising, by praising him. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, actually. So, there you go. But, um... And actually, yes, so that is a big thing for me, and that kind of leads us into, I guess, one thing we talked about before the show, what we wanted to talk about today. Um, but I will say this. I do have to, I do have one last fucking rant. I'm oh, going to no. do one last fucking what? rant of the day. What? And it's the people that don't... It's, it's that exact premise of the that, that you're willing to get specific and pick apart out of your own ass when it comes time to complain and to shit on someone when it's something bad. But... You want to take the time to praise me, like, yeah, let's keep it ambiguous. Yeah, they were good. They were very nice. Yeah. Fuck you. And I think if people honestly can take the time to give that much time into a negative feedback, they should almost feel a debt. The yes, for the, for the positive comment. Because that positive, because in today's society now, when we have put this weighting on negativity and on the idea that, oh shit. They have a one-star review on Yelp or, oh, shit, they said this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Even though they have no qualifications to offer any assessment mm -hmm. whatsoever, they still, like, that's what we choose to give value to today is, like, look up, oh, ooh, they're too only... Too many bad reviews. Yeah, too Can't many fucking go. bad reviews. Too many bad reviews by people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And where it's, like, okay, that happened to you once. Is it going to happen to me? Probably not. Exactly. And, and oh, is, no. Am I and, really going to not go there because of it? Well, and not only that, too. It's like it, the grounds for your complaint aren't actually something that you should necessarily, that are necessarily the valued complaint components. But again, people just see, oh, they got one star. That's what I got to read. Right? And it gets into people's heads. And you see it, too, as a, as a society and as a culture that becomes people fear that negativity, getting a negative review, a negative response, all of that, that negative feedback. Oh, I only care what the negative people say. Mm -hmm. When in turn, really, we should be like, wait a second. You shit. You do nothing to create. Mm -hmm. You do nothing to contribute. And yet I'm going to empower you because that's the review I'm going to read? Yeah. Like, unless I, you're highly regarded in that capacity, you know, and somebody, like, if you're a chef, and yes, a panel of truly widely regarded expert chefs then said, you know what, I think this or this or this, and maybe this is a place that you could grow as a chef. That's valued um, feedback. But just okay. some random person who has no real you know, knowledge about cooking or anything comes and says, oh, that chef was horrible. But you're going to give them that attention? You're going to say, that's the review I'm going to read? No, 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 no. But that's what you hear so much of. And you hear that in across all professional disciplines. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to hear what the negative people say. Fuck them. It's mm -hmm. just going to ruin your day. Mm -hmm. It's just going to fucking ruin your day. You know, and, you know, and I mean, it, it was funny because even somebody had jokingly, when I first put out my podcast, remember, I had jokingly put out a bad review. You know that person, they were a former oh, coworker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, like, 
Imagine that. Like, and they were, they thought it was kind it of was funny. They were like, oh, it was just a, meant to be a joke. But it's like, in today's society, A, no, that does a lot more harm than good. And they took it down. But B, it's like, wait, that's how you gain pleasure in life? Like, that's... But that's what's messed up. That's, that is how people find pleasure. Yeah. Rather than doing something. Like, rather than actually being like, hey, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to go practice a skill. I'm going to go be productive. Yes. I'm not going to go fuck on someone. I'm just going to shit up their day. You're just going to make me feel better. Yeah, I'm just going to shit up their day. Right? Like, fuck. Like, that would depress me. I want to know why that is the way it is. Right? Like, that that's where we've come as a society. Because it's easy. It's, It's easier to sit back and not create, not produce, not be productive, and just shit on the people that do. But it That's reminds why. me it reminds me of the show we've been watching, Below Deck, and all right. the millennials who are like, Oh, the captain yelled at me, like how dare he? Right. Like, fuck him, I'm getting off this boat. Like yeah. like maybe it's just how all these kids are being raised that they can complain about anything and it's tolerated and then the thing is changed to make them feel better. Like well, and I think that's... So maybe people think that if they put that complaint out there, the world will change to make it better for them. Well, I think, too, it's people have, you know, maybe as a society, we've lost our ability to discern what was useful and what wasn't useful in terms of, you know, feedback and criticisms we've gotten. Like, because it's our generation, you know, it's, you know, the latter part of our parents and early part of this generation, like, where that that's happening. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, it's different when you see like, oh yeah, I had all these horrible experiences in school. And it's like, yeah, okay, but wait a second, no coddle. Like your kid still needs to hear no. Mm-hmm. Your kid still okay. needs to know right from wrong. Your kid still needs to be disciplined. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, and you hear, and I'm not here to criticize everybody's parenting methods. That's all I'm saying. But at a certain point, we've molded reality. Like we, there was a time when we'd be like, oh, that's not reality. You're going to be, you know... Your people are going to yell at you. People are going to discipline you. you. People are going to say no, all these things. But now we've molded reality to now it's starting to become where you can't say no to people. You can't. Everyone gets an award. Everybody gets the fucking part. The participation awards. I said this when I was, when I was a kid and I first noticed participation awards. I'm like, what is this? Like you just get a trophy for showing. Why would you play? (laughs) Why would you fucking play? Sit on the bench, get your trophy. Hell, why would you play? I even, I was, and I was, I guess, I mean, I've always been relatively competitive. I've always even kind of viewed it, and I mean, and I was a goalie. I did, I always kind of felt like even the backup goalie, I don't know that he necessarily gets the same gold medal I get. Like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, I almost took it that far. And I mean, but somewhere in there, there's the middle. The problem is we've jumped to an extreme now as a society where everybody feels the need to be coddled. Everybody... Your feelings are now everybody's problem. Yeah. The world has to accommodate around all these people. Everything. people accommodating to the world. Right. Rather than people accommodating to each other. Like, yes, there's a general idea of what is mean, what is unnecessary, what is over the top. But it's come to a point now where, like, people want to scream, like, my boss can't talk to me like that. They yeah. can't give me an order. Yeah, they can yell at me. Yeah, That's how mean. Did you hear her? She said she was disappointed in me. How dare she? And on the show, they're always like, he can't talk to me like that. It's like, yeah, he can. Yeah. Like, didn't your parents talk to you like that? Like, right. yes, they can. And I mean, and you'd known someone who that was like, that was his whole parenting ideology was he says, look, you're not there to be their best friend. You're mm-hmm. there. To tell them no. Because yeah. if you don't, who will? Yeah. And I mean, it's bred into so many other branches 
of society where we talk about things like, I, I mean, the big one we talk about and, uh, and even that I point out a lot is that idea of toxic masculinity, right? Yes. And that sense yes. of entitlement that, that men, and I mean, and I'm sure it have, you know, it could happen both like, you know, but again, like toxic masculinity is that idea that, that a lot of times that gets us into trouble, you know, men, women, and, and forms that kind of weird, unhealthy connection between the two is that sense of entitlement because you're never told no, told your feelings are this, you feel entitled. Like as we were watching in the below deck, one of the guys, he expressed, oh, I'm into this, I'm into the girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden it starts to escalate and escalate and escalate. And then in one of the episodes, he actually says, oh, I really want to fuck you so bad. Mm -hmm. Even though she'd expressed... I'm not interested. And But at that point, I think it was like she had expressed no interest in him. Mm -hmm. Whether she had said she wasn't interested yet, mm -hmm. she hadn't even expressed like, oh, I'm romantically interested in you too. Yes, I find you attractive. None of that had come out. No. But he still felt like, hey, you know what? Right now, I just want to tell you. Mm -hmm. You know? And then when he was pushing for affection and all of the suggestions, mm -hmm. she had to go... To the point of being like, I'm going to write it out on paper mm -hmm. that I'm not interested. Because verbally telling him isn't he, doing it. And then he got mad about it. Yeah. As in, how dare she? Yeah. How dare she not be into me? She should be into... I told her I liked her. Why doesn't she like me? Why doesn't bad? she like me? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And even in other cases where the guy... Where, oh, give me a hug. Oh, I need a hug. Oh, I want a hug. And then the four, you know... But that's where it starts. And that's where it starts. Like, adults doing that to children. Right. Children not learning that they can say no to that. Yes. Parents not teaching them that they can say no to that. Exactly. Like, it way and before I mean, that. And that was something you had opened my eyes to. It's something I had thought about, but it's something you really opened my eyes to. And I think that was something that I really appreciated in our early stages of our relationship and watching you as a parent was, like, how you had that philosophy with you know, with your own daughter was like, hey, no, if you don't, if she doesn't want to hug you, she shouldn't have to hug. Yeah. And I was like, well, shouldn't she? And she's like, no, because where does that line of exception then yeah, end? Yeah, you have to hug these people, but not those people. Right? And then, but that's how it starts now. Like, and then oh. you move into a high school environment where, you know, all of a sudden you again have the guy who's done everything right and yeah. played nice, played the friend, and then is like, well, yes, you should be always hugging me. I should always yeah. get the hug. But it's but... like you have, everyone knows someone who doesn't like to hug. Like mm -hmm. as an adult, they're like, no, I'm just not a hugger. Don't hug me. Yeah. Cool. Like, they must have been like that as children, and they were probably forced to hug people. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's not fair. And it's just like the tickling game. Like, knowing that, okay, if you're going to play tickle, you have to stop when the person says no. Like, it's the same theory. The tickle game always made me uncomfortable, because I'm like, we're basically fully grown little people, and why are we feeling the need to tickle each other? Like, mm -hmm. it was something that would happen in, like, high... It was always boys to girls again. It was always that, oh, I'm gonna go tickle someone's... This is so cute. This is so fun. Oh, we're so... Oh, yeah. my... And it would just be like, this isn't okay. Well, especially when the person doesn't listen to no. Like, yeah. okay, you made them laugh, but now they're saying no, stop, because sometimes yeah. laughing for a long period of time is uncomfortable, or you're going to pee your pants, also uncomfortable. Or... So you say no, stop, but if the person doesn't listen to you... Yeah. That's no long no longer fun. Right. And then but it, it it and it becomes kind of like something I've talked about too with like I always feel like for better or worse being direct is better. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this too, but it's like yeah, if you in turn why couldn't, you know, you almost want it to be more direct like a guy be like, "Hey, I'm interested in you." You know, we're both x y z age old. You know, mm -hmm. would you be interested 
in sexual congress with me. No? Okay. Thank you. And both part ways, no hard feelings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, so that's not acceptable, but wait a second. We can go and start tickling and grabbing and whatever, right? Or, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's all these kind of things. And I think it starts somewhere. And I think it becomes, you know, one of the places it does start with, sadly, is at home. Mm -hmm. And that entitlement that, yes, you we give in to you. We do this. We do that. 100%. Right? Like, 100%. you don't hear no. And, and I mean, and it's funny, too, because at a certain point, consequence doesn't even matter to a child when they never get the consequence. Yeah. But anyway, our littlest um, guest here is getting a little fussy. Uh, so we're going to try to get, I guess, we've, we've, we've rambled in tangent enough, but that's what makes the Seems Legit podcast so wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, our biggest thing here is, as we said, is today we want to make this episode about praise, about a really big thank you and offer praise to someone who did a, what we felt an exceptional job, went above and beyond mm -hmm. their duty and their calling. And kind of goes into that idea of tip culture. Like I've noticed now a lot of machines kind of preemptively want you to tip um like there's always that option like i know sometimes when i go to like pick up donuts it's like oh there's a tip option it's like i don't know where where are you tipping yeah for? what the fuck am i tipping for like wait a second if you're expecting a tip for what is general what is i will have two of those two of those two of those you put them in the box you bring them to the counter like I don't know where the above, like, yeah, what was just... your bare minimum then? Like, what was your... Do I have to get the donuts myself? <laughs> yeah, am I supposed to... Am I allowed to come around right? the counter? It's, it's things like that. It's even, like, at a lot of takeout places. Like, I get the prince. Like, I guess we're all going through hard times with COVID and stuff. But even there's restaurants, and I, I'll leave them nameless. But, like, when I was paying online, I noticed there's no option to bypass the tip. You had to leave a tip. Right, yeah. And remember I said it had to be above a certain value too. Like you couldn't even put in 1%. Yeah. Like it had it to be. It was like minimum 10 or 15. Yeah. And I was like, I have a, I have a problem with this. Because like, tipping was for service and we're not getting service right now. Right. And we can't be in the restaurant. And I don't know what. So I'm a, driving there. Exactly. I'm going to pick it up so that you're not going through one of these third party delivery and ordering services. Or they're services. not delivering it to you. So there's yeah. no cost there. And uh, yeah. And it's like, so wait a second. Where does this extra above and beyond? And if I'm ordering and I say, hey, I want it ready for 645. I don't know what the above and beyond is. Because if that order's ready at 645, you didn't go above and beyond. Yeah. And if that order's ready at 635. We might not be ready. I'm not fucking ready. So actually, in turn, you've put me out. So do I get a little discount? <laughs> right? Like, or if I'm going at... You know, or six fifty-five, and it's like, well, why the? You know, like, no, you've made me wait for ten minutes now. Like, I just that's I have certain issues with that. But regardless, we don't praise enough in our society, <laughs> as, and we talked about that. Like, you're people are always willing to get so specific and write such hateful, nasty things. Like, people, there are there's a section of the population that just sits at home, watches YouTube videos, and, bashes and them. fucking bashes them. Mm -hmm. Fuck those people. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to be the opposite. We're going to do this next. The whole rest of the podcast is dedicated to praise of two things, one person specifically and their profession as a whole here in the province and mm -hmm. how we want that profession to grow, how we encourage the use of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes. So do you, I'll let you get into this. Oh, me? Yes. 
Well, we wanted to praise midwife Marnie because she was amazing. We can't say enough good things about her. We miss her. We miss you, Marnie, if you're listening. Yes, Marnie, you did. You were phenomenal. You went above and beyond. Um, and I and I guess it's a weird thing too because you know society like what is your bare minimum, right? Like, does your bare minimum get so shifted that you view just I'm just doing my job as going above and beyond? But it it was just how you made us feel. Like everything about it, you showed such care. You were, um, you know, knowledgeable, professional, everything we could ask for. It was just phenomenal. And uh, again, you know, we felt like the biggest thing was we felt like you had taken a care to us, like a a level of care, like Mm -hmm. you genuinely had connected with us. Um, and we really appreciated that. Um, you got us through that last stretch. Yeah. You got us through the home stretch, which was my first time. I know it was your second, but it was my but first time. it was very time. different for me. So, yeah. like my first time. Yeah. So, it's... And it was our first time doing it this way. Yes. Like, it was our first time doing um, the baby this, you know, through the midwife program. And took us under our wing, got us through that home stretch. And then, yeah, during the birthing process, brought us our little pun-pun here. Um, healthy, without... Safe. Safely... Um, and happy. knock on wood, there he is. He's just a happy little bouncy guy farting away. <laughs> and you did that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you got us, you know, you got Jess through it safely. Yep. Right? Like, it's not just got him through it safely. You got Jess home safely. Like, you got everything so that we left home without baby, got him and, and had, and were in bed at a normal time that night with our child. Yeah. Like, what more could we ask for? Yeah. It was pretty amazing. You know, and, um, you know, we just felt like it was very important to take that time and to use this platform and to use, um, you know, all of you out here, again, who support the Seems Legit podcast, uh, to use this to reach out and to broadcast just, you know, an appreciation versus a rundown of things. We didn't want to contribute to that. We wanted to praise. Well, it started with the survey that we got at our last appointment about the midwifery services. But it was so generic that as we're looking it over, it's like, this doesn't really say what we want it to. And there's not enough room to write everything. So then it was your idea to do it as a podcast instead. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't. And, and and I feel like surveys in itself, I mean, especially I remember having to do them after every course in university. They're geared to just get you a certain... Fair minimum. Yeah, certain feedback. The feedback is geared. Yeah. Like, this is what they want feedback on, but it's just, and yes, and and I'm not saying everybody has to do what we're doing right now, but we have the means to do it. Like, we have the medium Mm -hmm. to do it. So it's like, yes, we're going to do that. And uh, yes, go above and beyond that. It's not just about filling out the survey and doing excellent on the survey. It's that we feel you did such a great job that we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Well, it was such a good job that it was like we're telling everyone and anyone who mm-hmm. might need a midwife to definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And that we can't stop talking about it otherwise. Well, and I think, and it extends to that too, is it's not just, you know, it's not just her. It's, it was everybody in that team. And so up here in, in, in Manitoba, and I, I guess it would be the same across Canada, I don't know. But here it's like you have teams based on area. Yeah. And uh, so we got assigned to an area because you had applied into the program mm-hmm. and you weren't fit for us. You just wanted to go. I through. wanted to make sure we got a midwife. So I said, we can go to any area. Right. If and that means getting in or not. Sure. Any area. Yeah. So, and we did that. And yes, it was one of those things where, 
Um, the entire team was phenomenal. They have mm -hmm. you go through. So I guess the idea is to build a familiarity with everybody for birthday. Every midwife, yeah. You know, like that's the idea there is to get you to game day. Yeah, because whoever's on call the day you go into labor will be your midwife. Yeah. So they want you to make sure you have met all of them. Mm-hmm. And had a couple appointments with each of them. So yeah. it's not like a stranger delivering your baby that day. Yeah. And uh, so we'd had experience. And they were all wonderful. And it's, um, yeah. So it's not like, you know, oh, we had, you know, one was just exceptional and the rest were kind of, No, they were all exceptional. They were all wonderful at their job. Mm -hmm. um, and they all took their job with a certain level of professionalism and pride. Yes. Was what I noticed. It's like they were proud of what they do. There was a contentment, a fulfillment that came. Mm -hmm. um, with their line of work that was omnipresent um, throughout the entire process um, that we felt comfortable. We did feel comfortable no matter who we would have had to deal with at yeah. any given time. Yeah. It was never like a, oh, fuck, just don't give us this person or, oh, I, we only want to deal with these two. Everybody was wonderful. I think we just clicked personality-wise with Marnie. Yeah. and Which I mean, made it so enjoyable. And it made, it made it nice too. It was like, yes, we'd clicked. We'd reached a point of, of, of clicking with her and yes, it just kind of worked out that we were able to gear things towards that home stretch with her. And it just, it, I, for me, it helped. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it did help. It eased a lot of stresses and anxieties. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah. And I mean, you guys have already go back, check out the episode where we talk about the experience, but it was phenomenal. So we just wanted to thank, uh, midwife Marnie and, and that entire team. Yes. And um, midwives in general. And midwives in general. You guys, uh, are, are really, you guys are the heroes of the uh, birthing and pregnancy process that yes. don't wear capes, but um, deserve all the thank you. And I think in two, it goes like, I, we can extend that too, and, and I will personally, to the, the entire medical profession. Like, you know, it's so easy to criticize, you know, Dr. X or Nurse Y or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of training and a lot of knowledge that goes into these careers. It's not like you just all of a sudden decide on a Monday you're going to be a nurse or you're going to be a doctor and by Wednesday you're working, right? You're <laughs> waiting for your offer letter in the mail and then two weeks later you start. Yeah. These are all highly trained professionals that deal with stress levels um, that are very uh, incomprehensible to someone outside of the profession. Mm -hmm. um, people that haven't grown up around the profession that don't, that they don't understand the scope um, that goes into it. And uh, especially now during these times of COVID and whatnot, I think there does have to be a big thank you um, to the entire medical profession as a whole. People are so willing to criticize. I mean, you have a service, Rate MD, for instance, or Rate My Doctor, and all these kind of shitty ass things, where it's never meant for praise. That's not the purpose of these things. Like, Rate Your Professor isn't meant for praise. It's meant for put Well, I think it is, but I don't think it's, that's how people use it. Right. I think it could be right. I think it totally is. Because aren't they, isn't it like a five-star system? But who the, so, okay. But so, it's just, so some people should be giving them five stars or four stars or whatever, but there's more complaint because more people want to complain. That's true. So the, the site is filled with bad or negative reviews yes. versus positive ones. Right. But I think the sites exist to give a well-rounded picture. I hope so. But, and I mean, we can get into a whole other podcast episode on, on how <laughs> my feelings on these rating systems, which I think are shit. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, I'll say it. I think they're crap. Um, I had one professor and he handled the course review the best. He said, he looked at me, he's like, here, son, you're going to do this? And I said, yeah. And they looked at the rest of us. And he said, this is the course number, this is my name, this is whatever, like, the information you need to fill out. 
And then he says, you guys do whatever you need to do with this. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm full professor. I have full tenure. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I do not give a shit what any of you write on these reviews because I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't read them. They show up in a brown envelope 18 months from now and they go straight for recycling. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fucking A. Like, good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, um, I've geared my life as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think that's important to keep in mind as well. Um, but yes, we wanted to go out there and take the opposite approach today. Offer praise. And, and, and you're Just kind make of... it known. Like, that midwives exist. I think you thought they were a little more um, antiquated than oh. they are. Yes, in I did. In the beginning, like how it would work, how it would be, but, I mean, they go through four years of schooling mm-hmm. and training, and mm-hmm. if you can use one, mm-hmm. I, everyone should. So, I guess we can wrap up with Midwife Marnie. To the rest of that Midwife team, thank you so much for getting both Jess and my little pun-pun here uh, through the process safely, soundly, and happily. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. And to all of our medical professionals, thank you so much uh, for continued and ongoing service. Um, for my little pun-pun here, mm-hmm. for Jess, and for myself, the dude Sunny D, I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the, at the dude Sunny D. Take care and bye-bye for now.